This is Turn on the Jets Film Room, your weekly extensive breakdown of New York Jets X's and O's. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Blewett. Stop route in the middle curl. I actually like to throw from Dahl. Maybe I want to see him get rid of the ball a little bit sooner as he sees a soft coverage, but I like how he leads him outside. Great freaking snag. That's a snag, man. And former Texas Tech All-American, current Arena League coach, and the hero of the Monday Night Miracle, Marcus, Marcus Coleman. Coleman. That is again by Coleman. You got to hand it to Marcus Coleman. He made the play earlier to pick it off in front of Gadsden, and then he read the eyes of the quarterback here. That interception is his third of the game, and that ties a Jets team mark. On Turn on the Jets Digital. And you are listening to the 34th edition of uh, TOJ Film Room. Um, as always, just to do a little housekeeping before uh, we get into the nitty-gritty of the show, which this show is going to be uh, strictly a CJ Mosley review. I just put it out on Twitter um, where you can follow me at JoeRB31. Uh, it was 52 plays. I wrote a little article and I recapped the strengths and weaknesses. Um, this week we got three five-star ratings and one of them were a review from, uh, titled Joe and Marcus are incredible, uh, from Justin and Velasquez, uh, awesome podcast. And he basically says, this is by far the best place to find information about the players. And Joe and Marcus do a great job of breaking down the film. The 90 minutes, the two hours go by so quickly because the pod is so good. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I really, really do. Um, and like I said, if, if we can get another three, you know, three ratings and another review before next week, that'd be greatly appreciated. We really want to keep uh, climbing up those rankings and uh, getting the show out to more people, which giving us ratings and reviews does, uh, which could lead to um, better things for the show. As you can see, actually, let me see. Maybe like the, if you guys watch the show a lot on YouTube, you tell it kind of like looks a little bit different with the lighting. I can't find the light I usually like use for a spotlight. And from my basement, it's funny. I'm actually like a podcaster in a basement because the only the best internet connection in my house is from the basement. Um, it's the only way I could run this wire up to my router um, to get the cleanest connection. Because you're running video and you're doing audio. Um, if I don't do that, the videos would be even more choppy than they are, which I don't think they're really too choppy. But I don't I don't really watch myself again. Um, but I don't think they're too choppy because I haven't got complaints about it. But I actually had to rig over with a light a tarp so i wasn't there wasn't too much light on me so this is what i'm dealing with to do to do shows uh where hopefully i could just get a a real freaking studio or something like that in the future um but that's what i'm having to do so you leaving us reviews can maybe contribute to that but yes it's a little bit different of a look and like i said we appreciate the reviews uh toj film room on itunes even if you do watch on youtube if you just go to the that, the podcast app that's what's really important and uh and leave that review uh youtube a lot of you guys know already just you can type on turn on the jets um and find us there at toj film room whatever you want to type in uh you can still send questions uh you know with the mailbag i, I did a show last week. i'll probably do another one in a couple of days um indicating out that it's mailbag at my twitter you can comment at the youtube uh you can email me at blue joe toj at gmail um and ask questions or you know whatever you want to do for for the mailbag but the, the best thing is to do is just look out for my twitter and i tweet out uh, okay it's time for another mailbag or whatever um, just comment there and uh, hopefully we get another, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 questions and we can do a whole show about it. Um, so I appreciate you guys for being so in touch and giving me compliments and asking questions. It's been really, really awesome the last couple of weeks. Um, 
And as for the draft, I know I said last week, I'm going to try to get 30 players done. Um, realistically, with what's happening right now with all this film on the players, with doing 50-plus re- uh, you know, play reviews on Le'Veon Bell, uh, most likely on assemblies, and had that much, that, that much uh, plays. Uh, Mosley obviously had 52. Um, I think Crowder's right around 30. And I think Brian Poole is right over 40. So the guys I'm getting done, just so you guys know, if you want to throw in anybody you really, really want, I'll try to get them done. But I got uh, Bosa, Josh Allen, Cleveland Farrell, Brian Burns, Ja'Kai Polite, Montez Sweat. I'm going to get done. I haven't gotten them done yet. Uh, Greedy Williams, Byron Murphy, Jonah Williams, Jawan Taylor, Quinton Williams, Ed Oliver, DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, A.J. Brown, Rashawn Gary, Devin White, T.J. Hawkinson, Garrett Bradbury. That would equal 20. I'm going to try to get five more guys done, and those guys would be uh, Noah Fant, Devin Bush, uh, Dillard, uh, Cody Ford, and um, Kelvin Harmon. But we'll see. It's, it's probably only going to be 20. Putting up 20 reviews and doing shows on them um, within the next month before draft time is going to be an absurd, an absurd grind. That's not even counting freaking Crowder and uh, Crowder and Osemele and Poole, who I'm still going to do. So we'll see what happens. There might be a couple of weeks after the draft. Or, um, yeah, after the draft where I'm doing shows on people who the Jets didn't draft. Um, and some people might not, might not watch the shows, obviously. A lot of you guys watch it for Jets uh, stuff. If, if I'm doing a show on Devin White, you're going to watch it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you just want to, like, you know, learn and watch a film with me or whatever. Um, but I'm going to try to get, like, other fan bases to, uh, to look at that stuff because I don't want to just, re- you know, waste hours and hours of my time doing reviews and those guys are running down their strengths and weaknesses to throw it in the trash. So that might end up happening after the draft because I don't know if I can get 20 guys out, to be completely honest. Um, but let's get into um, the C.J. Mosley signing. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a, a, a lengthy show. I'm not going to break up to the two shows. Listen, if you want to take the time and watch a two, two, two-and-a-half-hour show and you don't want to watch it at, at one um, sitting, you don't have to do that. You could watch 20 minutes, then 10 minutes, and then 20 minutes, and then five minutes. It's, it depends on how much you know, you know, how dedicated you are to learning his game and some of the things he uh, does. But 26 years old, uh, five-year career in the NFL right now, four Pro Bowls, which is obviously uh, very, very impressive, making a Pro Bowl um, four or five years. I'm, I'm, I haven't looked at what years he made that, but I'm going to assume that he did not make the Pro Bowl in his rookie year. That's uh, most likely what happened. So the last four years making a Pro Bowl is obviously damn impressive. Um, and going into free agency, we didn't really see the need for, for C.J. Mosley. You saw him out there, and I think I – think, Unless somebody else wants to argue with me, I'm not just saying this because I'm a biased Jets fan. Uh, I don't try to be a biased Jets fan, but I think he's the best defensive free agent out there who was better than an Anthony Barr. No, we already talked about him last week. I, did, I was not that high on his film after watching it. Um, Earl Thomas, maybe, but Earl Thomas is also, what, 30 years old now, and he's, and he's had some injury problems. So I think we got the best offensive free agent in, in Le'Veon Bell. And we got the best defensive free agent. That's that's more than um, we could ask for, you know, realistically. And then we added guys, obviously, like Crowder and Poole, who um, are pretty interesting players. Like, you know, I'm, I'm excited to put reviews out on. Um, but we went into free agency thinking, okay, it's going to be, you know, cornerback, outside linebacker. But when you looked at those markets, those – listen, I, I, I still wish they signed – I think Rashad Melvin's still out there, but I wish they signed a Kareem Jackson or – um, whoever it may be. I, I still think they need a corner. I don't think going into the season with uh, Roberts, and obviously a lot can happen. I'm not saying it's March, what, 25th, 26th right now, whatever the freaking date is. Um, this is not the final roster, so there's still a shot to add a guy. 
um, to to compete or you know cuts whatever can happen. Uh, but I think going into the season with Roberts as your starter is not a good idea. I think he's a good fourth string. I've said that before. Um, so there wasn't that many guys out there. We looked at outside linebacker. Outside linebacker, your best options were um, you know Barr. You had Trey Flowers. You can play outside linebacker. You had um, you know Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. Um, and all these guys, but they were still they were they were good options, but they weren't great options. Like before free agency, how many people knew who Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith were, who are just casual football fans? Not many. Um, so you're looking at the best you know defensive free agent, in my opinion. Um, and in the NFL, people say a lot of times, and and this is just like a baseline thing. It's obviously there's a lot of ex, you know exceptions to this, um, depending on coaching things like that. The Patriots are not necessarily. Um, up to par with what I'm about to say, but in the NFL, you generally need at least four or five Pro Bowl level players to to compete. Um, you look at the the Chiefs last year or whoever the Rams. You can go through that roster and name at least four or five, six, seven guys who should be you know in the Pro Bowl. Just in the Chiefs offense, you had four guys uh, to get them there in in Hunt, um, Mahomes, and then you had obviously Hill. You have Kelsey on defense. You're looking at Houston. You're looking at D Ford. Look at Eric Berry when he's healthy; he's a really, really good player. Look at the Rams with Sue and Donald, and Peters and Talib and Gurley, and you know maybe Cooks if you consider him that area. So you need at least four or five uh, guys to compete in the playoffs. And the Jets, you're looking at them last year; they had one guy on the team. And I know we're all you know hoping for Donald to be uh, better going to second year, which he will be. You guys know if you've been watching this show for more than seven seconds that I'm really, really high on Darnold. And I still think he's going to be easily a top 10 quarterback. And I think he's going to eventually be a top five quarterback. I really do have that much faith in him from watching uh, all the film that I do. Um, but last year, the Jets had one on their roster. It, it, was, it was Jamal Adams. And that was it, who performed to that Pro Bowl, all pro level. Um, and now the Jets just added another one. Uh, to their defense. They added an all-pro level player to their defense. Now you have an all-pro level player in the secondary in Jamal Adams. You have a potentially another uh, pro ball level player if he bounces back and he plays like he did with the Rams and under Greg Williams when he was with uh, you know, St. Louis at that time, St. Louis Rams, uh, in Tremaine Johnson. You have another guy who uh, on the defensive front seven in Leonard Williams who maybe this year, if he's, if he's more uh, doing more gap exchanges, doing more stunts and things like that, um, he might be a Pro Bowl level player, and he might make the Pro Bowl. He's already made a Pro Bowl before in, in Leonard Williams. And then you're looking at the draft. If the Jets stay at three, you're going to hope that that player turns into a, to an All Pro Pro Bowl uh, level player. If it's Quinn Williams, that's a for sure thing. If it's if it's a Nick Bosa, I think he's a for sure Pro Bowl level player. Josh Allen's more of a risk, but he's a player who could either be a guy who gets four or five sacks a year, or he could be an All Pro for many years. That's that's kind of the, his his range is huge, and that's why he's so polarizing with a lot of people. Um, but that, then you're looking at what that's that's if, if they all if they all live up to their hype and play better, that's at least three, four, five guys just on defense. And if they if they continue to grow together on defense, you're looking at a defense who could be, you know, top 10 um, easily. Maybe not this year, maybe because of that whole outside linebacker, depending on what to do in the draft and uh, maybe a whole trick corner. But looking into them building into a team that's that's. Uh, maybe not this year, but 2020 season, they're going to be a top 10 defense if they continue to build on this. If they, if they figure out a way to keep Leonard Williams, they develop their draft pick, they find another corner, um, which are big questions. But those, those are three questions on the defense. But if they address, I do have uh, some good faith that they could be that level of defense. And you're looking at offense. Um, it's not as like like top heavy talented as a defense. Like you're not, you don't you don't have well, let me. They don't have as many top level talents. Like you have. Um, you have Mosley and you have Adams, pro, all pro-level players right there. That's easy. 
um, Pro Bowl, All-Pro. All on offense, you have Bell right now, and then you have Donald, who I think will grow into that. Um, but other than them guys, you know, I, I listen, Osemele, I like the signing, he, but – and I hope it was more of like Tom Cable last year who worked with him that really screwed up his technique. But his technique, I don't ever really see him bouncing back to that all-pro level. Now, could he be a pro ball to a, rare, a very solid left guard for the Jets? Yes, I, I think that can happen. Um, but his technique is just – it is really, really bad at times. And there was definitely some instances where I saw some injuries come into play where he lost some of that drive. He lost some of his footwork. He was leaning into blocks a little bit more late in the season. So maybe it was a lot of injuries. Um, and I don't think you could just be an all-pro, pro-ball level player for multiple years from like 15, 16, 17, drop off to like a, just an okay guard for a year to a bad guard, and you're not going to bounce back. I think he's going to bounce back to almost a pro-ball level player. So you're looking at like three guys on offense. Maybe you can argue – uh, Robbie Anderson, if he really has a good year with Donald and they continue their connection or Quincy Nunez. So you look at a Jets team who, if, if, if everybody continues to progress forward and, and they're kind of stay on their upward trend, you're looking at a, a good eight, nine guys in the Jets who could be on that level where you're looking at last year when the Jets had um, one player in, in Jamal Adams. And part of that was potentially because of bad coaching, uh, bad coaching with Jermaine Johnson, potentially bad coaching with, with Leonard Williams, which you can argue. I don't really think it's too, too fair of an argument, but it is possible. And now people are looking at the contract. Um, five-year deal, $85 million, which is $17 million per $43 million guaranteed at signing, $51 overall uh, million in guarantees. And obviously it's a massive contract. Um, but like I've said, with every single position that hits free agency or even people who are getting traded, whatever, the, the next 10 to 15 best players at every single position are going to be signed for the next biggest contract. So you can't measure a contract signed by Luke Keekley in whatever it was, 2016, 2015, to a contract in maybe it was like 2016, 2017, actually, um, as compared to a contract in 2019. It's just always that next best player. Is Kirk Cousins the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Was Matt Ryan the best quarterback in the NFL when he signed his contract? No. Was Joe Flacco? No. Um, is, you know, Quan Alexander now one of the best linebackers in the NFL? No. Is, you know, Tyrell Williams worth $11 million? No. It's just the next biggest guy who hits free agency or one of those like top 10 to 15, 20 guys, Tremaine Johnson. Um, are, they're always going to be overpaid a little bit because if that team doesn't overpay him, there's plenty of teams with contract money uh, or contract, you know, availability, whatever, uh, cap flexibility, I should say, um, who will sign that guy. So it's either, okay, we're going to let all of our players walk or we're going to sign good guys. Because if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to get anybody in free agency. You're, you're, you're going to get a bunch of below average players because even the average players, as we saw this free agency, um, are always overpaid. And people are saying a lot of, like, inside linebackers, a low-impact position, um, and not a cornerback or an outside linebacker. I agree to an extent that – cornerback and outside linebacker are, are more important um but let's not let's not underrate what an inside linebacker means to a defense I'm pretty sure that guys like Ray Lewis and Patrick Willis and Brian Erlacher were very important to their defenses they were the lifeblood of that defense is he on that level um no not necessarily can he is he near that level uh yeah you know possibly and even look at like a guy like David Harris David Harris did he didn't have a big impact on the Jets um CJ Mosley is is much better player than David Harris I love David Harris um, but you know, it's just a different, different type of player. Um, they work on that second level. They clean up a lot of tackles. They can get a lot of tackles for loss. Um, they are usually the brain of the defense. The inside linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. Um, for the most part, they, they, they usually call out a lot of the fronts, a lot of the calls, a lot of the shifts. 
Um, and Mosley is that type of guy. So let's not just look at it like, oh, he's not going to make a difference. He's going to make a freaking difference. He's an all-pro level player, inside linebacker. Um, it still is an important position. Every single like position, I, I, I think that's a little bit like o- like overlooked now or like overrated. I don't know how to really say it, but like, oh, he's a safety. He doesn't make a big impact. Yes, he does. Is there all time at Thomas make a big impact or Jamal Adams? Yes, they do. Did Brian Erlacher or Ray Lewis make a big impact? Yes, they did. Does Aaron Donald make a big impact or Gerald McCoy or Geno Atkins make a big impact? Yes, they do. Does a slot corner make a big impact? Yes, they do. Does the tight end make a big impact? Yes, they do. It's just like there's there, there's a gap, but it's not such a big gap. Like, oh, we shouldn't sign inside linebackers when you're an outside linebacker. It's just it's, it's kind of stupid. Um, but you look at the, the contract, $17 million, and Baltimore was offering you know around, from what I heard per reports, was around $14 million. So the Jets decided to pony up another $3 million to land him, which, okay, you, you, can, you can really argue that's an overpay and all this stuff. The Jets had $100 million in cap space. And the difference between three $3 million is a player like a Josh Bellamy or Brandon Copeland. So would you rather land one of those guys or have money for one of those guys or just pony up two, three more million dollars and, and pay a guy like CJ Mose? Like, you see what I'm saying? It's not $3 million. Yeah, it's kind of a lot when you, like, when you look at it and you're looking at, okay, he's making 17 and Luke Keekley's making four, uh, 13 but he was going to get paid at least $14, $15 million easily. So the Jets hiked up another million or $2, $3 million, maybe at the max. So, who, you know, I, I really don't care um, because you're, it's a difference between getting, you know, guys who are just average players to landing guys who are elite, all pro, pro bowl level talents. You know, you look at the next biggest like contracts in the NFL that were given out th- th- this offseason, you have Devin Funches, $13 million per year. Would you rather pay a guy like Mosley $17 million a year who's going to make another four, like three, four Pro Bowls at the minimum with the Jets? Um, at least you'd really like to hope so. I'm not going to say it for, for sure, but I, I, if I had a bet, I would, I would definitely say he would. Um, but Devin Funch is $13 million a year. Massive, massive overpay. Um, I'm not mad about a guy like Mosley at $17 million. Tyrell Williams, $11 million per. There are some guys who didn't really care about him having him on the Jets. Like he's $11 million per for Tyrell Williams, who's an average receiver. Um, in the NFL is absurd. Trent Brown, uh, the tackle who went to the the Raiders and the Patriots, he's a guy who I think is probably going to end up being like a below-average tackle. That signing is not going to work out because I think the Patriots masked a lot of his problems with throwing the ball so um, so earlier with so many of their rub routes and, and shorter type routes that they run um, where they get rid of you know the ball um, in two seconds. And if you see this freaking thing fall in the back of me, that might happen during the show. I might have to pause it because it is moving, <laughs> but it is what it is. That'd be pretty funny. Um, but to go back to my point, Quan Alexander, $13.5 million uh, a, a year. I, we obviously go into the guaranteed contracts and things like that, but Quan Alexander, 13.5. That's a massive overpay. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a solid linebacker, um, but he's often injured. So that, that's a massive overpay. Zadarius Smith, $16.5 million. He's making a half million dollars less. Would you rather have Zadarius Smith, an outside linebacker who got like one year of production with like eight, nine sacks or a guy like CJ Mosley, who was known throughout the league. If, if, if you asked a lot of your friends who didn't really pay attention to football, um, who, who's a Darius Smith or Trent Brown or Tyrell Williams, where they know who they're talking about, or Preston Smith, $13 million a year. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of these contracts are massive, so I'd rather, I'd rather overpay, overpay a guy who is one of the best inside linebackers in the entire league. The only guys I'm going to put over him are Luke Keekley and probably Bobby Wagner, and then he's probably the third best inside linebacker in the entire NFL, or guys who are a bunch of Jags with Devin Funches, Tyrell Williams, Trent Brown, Quan Alexander is more, more than a jag. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, they're above average, but they're not even close to the level 
at their position that CJ Moses. So I don't really like that whole contract thing. People like don't like to sign him because they doled out another three, four million dollars for the player who's probably one of the best. He's a, he's a, probably the third best player in the Jets roster right now. Maybe the second. I, I'm putting Bell at number one. You can argue Mosley or Adams at two. That's that's the pen. I know people like Adams, but you're talking about on the field. Is he better than Mosley? Uh, that there's an argument to be had there. And uh, a couple months or like maybe in a month and a half when we uh, when you finish the all the draft stuff and looking at the Jets draft picks. Once I go through all of the um, the, the players, like you know, if, listen, if they if the if the Bucks draft Devin White, I'm gonna tag a bunch of you, you can help me do it. I'm gonna tag a bunch of Bucks guys and hope I get a couple of retweets and a couple of follows from that. I'd be pretty pumped about that. But once that's all done, um, we're gonna have a good friend of the show, uh, Kyle Smith. Come on, he's my good buddy. He's actually supposed to be the co-host, but it didn't happen. Um, we'll go. We'll come on. And we'll do a top 25. We'll rank the roster um, from 1 to 25, maybe 25 to 1. Probably 25 to 1 because, like, once we get past those top 15 players or people are really interested, where if you go from 15 to, to 1, you're kind of more waiting for, for the first guy. But, uh, yeah, would you rather overspend on guys like Mosley or maybe overspend on whoever it may be? Le'Veon Bell, if we thought we overspend it for him as compared to a guy like Telvin Coleman or Mark Ingram who got, like, $5 million a year or whatever it was? Or – would you rather have it be like last offseason where the Jets have $100 million in cap space and the biggest names they brought in um, were Tremaine Johnson, Terrell Pryor, Spencer Long, and Isaiah Crowell? Like, can you imagine if we walked out like players like that again this, this offseason? Like, people, oh, man, that, that was just terrible. And Tremaine Johnson wasn't a bad signing at the time. I'm never going to say it was a bad signing. Uh, I, I think it was a smart signing. I think he'll bounce back at least a little bit this year. Uh, they, they played him too much off. I wanted to see them play more press, which I think Greg Williams is going to do. And Tremaine Johnson, one of his best strengths is his is his smarts. Um, and he wasn't really, like, tested with his smarts with, like, trap defenses and palms um, and cones and all that stuff well, that Greg Williams likes to do. That Todd Bowles ran a pretty simplistic offense for the most part. Um, but I just, you know, I, I just think, and I said it before with, with Bell, um, that mostly makes this roster and this team more legitimate. You're looking at the Jets signing – you know, guys, who, whoever it was, who was that Titans corner a while ago? All, uh, was it Ultron Werner? Is that his name? Um, like a bunch of guys always use the Jets as like as that piece to 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 ne- that negotiating ploy where like Kirk Cousins used us. A bunch of guys use the Jets or used to use the Jets to um, negotiate. Okay, well, the Jets are offering me, you know, whatever, $12 million a year. Are you going to be willing to pay around that area where, okay, you're, you're paying me 11 The Jets are going to pay me 12 I'm going to play with the $11 million team. Um, because they're they're a better team, but now you add guys like Mosley, you have Donald here, you have Adams here, you have Le'Veon Bell, you have a pretty good trio of wide receivers. You really look at it. you have a young emerging tight end. This roster is is it's it's shaping up to be pretty solid. And obviously, you're gonna have some holes. We have holes at at uh, center. You have hole at potentially right guard, right tackle, left tackle. You know, number number two corner. Um, potentially safety if Marcus May goes down, you know, outside linebacker. There's holes on this team, but it's starting to shape up, and it's going to take more than one year. I think, like I said, next year, 2020, 2021, when you're in Donald's third and fourth year of his contract, that's when you're really going to compete. I think the Jets could end up, I think, I think like the ceiling is like a 10 and 16 this year. You get into the wild card, maybe, maybe get to the divisional. And you lose in the divisional. Like that, that, I'll, I'll take that. I think any Jets fan would take the Jets going to the wild card divisional round this year. That, that'd be pretty freaking cool. So let's hope for that. Um, and you know, you're looking at Mosley and what he's going to to add to this defense. And I wrote it in the article. You can go, like I said, you can follow me on Twitter. You can go to turnlandjets.com. You can literally type in on Google CJ Mosley, Joe Bloat, and it's probably uh, going to uh, to come up. And 
So you can kind of see this. The common talking points are now in a longer form. Um, but he's a, he's, a, he's a chess piece. He's a guy. He can cover tight ends. And I'm going to dispel the covered rumors today. Don't you worry. Um, chess piece. Can cover tight ends one-on-one. Can cover running backs one-on-one. He can peel off the line of scrimmage. You're peeling off the line of scrimmage. You're basically going to press the line of scrimmage. You're showing that you're blitzing. You're going to peel off into one of your zones. Hook, hook, hook the curl. Hook the seam. Hook deep Tampa 2. Whatever it may be. He has the ability to do that. He has the hips. He has the, the foot quickness. He has the balance and in his pedal or in his shuffle to do that. He has the burst and bend in, 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 you know, in the run game to run all the gap exchange, the cross dogs, the twist, um, and all of those things that, that Greg Williams wants to do in his defense. And, you know, overall, you're looking at the talent that he has. I think he's the best – name me a, a, bet, a, a, a Jets linebacker that's better than C.J. Mosley in the last 20 years. Um, I, not since I've been watching, this is the best Jets linebacker I've ever seen. Um, like I said, Harris, great player. They both, him and Mosley both have great leadership, are really, really smart players. David Harris, I think the one area I would give him a, a nudge over Mosley, I think he's probably a better blitzer because he could just truck dudes over where Mosley's not really that much of that type of player. Um, but Harris, I don't think he made a pro, and I know pro balls not the end all be all, but he never even made a pro ball in his entire career. Mosley has made it four times in five years. Mosley is an elite player where David Harris was a very solid player, a great leader, a guy who didn't really open his mouth, and Jets fans loved him. But Harris, is not, he, was not, he was not a great linebacker. He's a very, very solid guy who's consistently here for the Jets. Mosley is a different level of linebacker. I don't know the, the Jets' last linebacker. If I had to guess, the only name that came to my head was like Mo Lewis. But Mo Lewis, I didn't even watch him play, and that was in the early 2000s, late 90s. I, I, was, I was still pissing the bed you know, when, when that was happening. I'm 26, so – um, he's better than any linebacker I've, I've seen on, on the team, outside linebacker or, um, you know, inside linebacker. Harris, you know, you have guys like Vernon Golston who might, who might push him for that best outside linebacker or best linebacker. Um, and finally, you look at the, the, um, the fit in the defense. I, three, four, four, three, he could play. He could play Will. He could play Mike. He could play the strong side. He could play the weak side because he's so good at getting off blocks in the second level. He could play on that strong side. He could he could take on a pulling fullback – or not a pulling fullback, but a fullback. He could take on a, a pulling guard, a pulling tackle. He could take on – you know, pin and pulls. He can because he's so quick at diagnosing. He's so good at using his athleticism and his length and his hand placement to get off of blocks. He could play anywhere uh, on that strong side. He could play. He could play Tampa too. He could play hook to curls. He could play hook to seams. He could play hooks. He could play um, as a will on the weak side because he has the range. You know, you don't maybe you don't want him playing as a will. Be, that's more like where Lee might fit because you want him on that front side of that play to, to make tackles for loss and things like that. But he does have the, the movement ability and skills to run side on the side and chase guys down. He takes proper angles. So he could do that, um, you know, in any type of defense, 3-4, 4-3, 3-3, 4-2, you know, four, two, five, whatever, whatever it may be. He could do, he could play every single position um, at linebacker, you know, middle linebacker, um, you know, weak side linebacker. I don't I'm not, not going to play him on the line. as a nine tech necessarily. Now you might see some looks where he's, where he's there because Greg Williams runs some crazy fronts and things like um, things like that. And now you're looking at, you know, him. So he, he could play, you know, anywhere on that defensive line, or not the defensive line in the linebacker core, you know, like I said, not outside linebacker, but inside linebacker. Now you're looking at where's Darren Lee fit, and is, 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 he a, is he a trade ship? Uh, potentially. I think if the Jets get the right offer for him, trade him. But the thing is, I'm not going to just take a sixth or seventh round pick. I'd rather have Lee than a sixth or seventh round pick because if that sixth or seventh round pick turns into a good special teams player, um, that's probably a positive. You'll, you'll take that. Um, and I think Lee is a little bit more, I, I think with the steps he was taking this year, I think people, I think. 
I was, I've always been pretty low on Lee, but I think the steps he was taking this year, you could maybe see him be an average type linebacker with some good movement skills. Who's ever going to have a great processing skills. So you want to see what he could do with Williams in this defense, maybe in a reduced role um, and then re-sign him for three, four, $5 million a year. He could be a, a good blitzer and a guy who could play a little bit of coverage. Now people say, Oh, he's great in coverage. That's, that's, that's still false. Um, but he's a guy you could blitz from anywhere. You, if, if you, if you're putting him on the edge or, not, not on the edge because he doesn't have the, the – people say, oh, play him outside linebacker. He does not have the balance and the power to, to bend that arc when, when there's um, offensive tackles pushing his hip pocket. He's going to get pushed up the arc every time and out of the play. Um, but if you're going to run stunts and exchanges with him and things like that um, and blitz him in, in a, an area that's designed or that's going to be designed through Greg Williams' defense to open up like the Red Sea and you have Lee who's just going to use a straight line speed to get to the quarterback, that would be a great position for him. Weak side linebacker in a 4-3. Uh, four three. Obviously, you have the four down. You have the three linebackers. Now, if he's going to play, let's say you have uh, him on the weak side, so he can chase down to that sideline if they run to that strong side. You have Mosley in the in the middle because he's he's the brains. He can do he he can play sideline to sideline where you want maybe Avery Williamson as the strong side linebacker as the Sam in the in, the, in the standing up in the four three. Whether it be over or under, um, usually usually an under. You're going to have the the uh, strong side linebacker kind of more on the line of scrimmage, but he he played more over anyway, so he'd be more standing up. Um, where you could play, you could play just because it's an over doesn't mean he's standing up. He could be on the line still, but I think you're going to see Avery Williamson more standing up on that strong side if it is a four three. Is he a great fit as a strong side linebacker? No, because he's not great at rushing the passer off the edge. He's more a guy you want up the middle. Um, but they'll find a way to make it work. We'll see what, what, what happens with Lee. If they get a fourth or a fifth, maybe take it. If they're offering a sixth or seventh, whoever that team may be, I wouldn't take it. I'd like to see him play that weak side linebacker in, in a 4-3. Uh, now, in a 3-4, uh, I'm not too sure. Unless they're just going to have one of those outside linebackers standing up where it's almost more of like a – actually like a 4-3. Or actually more of like a – well, it's, it's still it would still be a three four because there's three down down offensive linemen, but there would be there would be the two outside linebackers on the edge. It would be only uh, three guys down, and then one outside linebacker on the edge. Or it would be like uh, Jordan Jenkins. Maybe you're going to stand Lee up because Lee is not a fit in a three four in this defense because you're going to have uh, obviously in a three four you're going to have you have three down. You have the two outside linebackers outside of those guys. You're going to have the two stand up linebackers in the middle. Um, Lee doesn't fit there because you're gonna, the two guys in the middle are going to be Avery Williamson and uh, C.J. Mosley. So does he fit great in a three four, in a three four? No, but nickel packages, hybrids, stuff like that. You'll they'll find a way to fit him. Um, he's going to play now. Is he going to play? Whatever he played last year, I don't know what the snap percentage was per game. Let's say ninety percent. Is he going to play ninety percent? No, maybe you're going to see more like seventy five, eighty. Um, maybe even 70 in certain games, depending on the game plan, if they're going to run a lot of heavy sets um, with heavy tight ends and things like that. Um, then maybe you don't play them as much, but if you're going to play a team who's going to spread you out a lot, uh, whoever that may be um, you know, this year, maybe like the Patriots or something like that, then maybe you play them a little bit more, but we'll see where Lee fits. Um, but going into those uh, strengths and weaknesses lists that I, that I frequently uh, – or that I'm going to do for every player, like I said, if you follow me on Twitter or whatever – um, you'll, you're always going to see those lists. I tweet them out. I also put them in the article. So to go over the strengths. All right. And going back into those, uh, those strengths, actually it's funny for, for the people to get behind the scenes, I actually just recorded the T or not TOJ, um, play like a jet, the podcast on CJ Mosley. So I actually paused it, recorded that. Now I'm going back to recording this one. Um, but I got pretty much through 
everything I wanted to say. I don't know if I brought up the fact that uh, I, I definitely did, but saying that uh, all linebackers or all anybody at, at any position in the top 10 to 15 range of their position is going to get the next biggest contract. So you look at Mosley's contract and, and in a year or two, he's going to be like the third, fourth, fifth highest paid linebacker. It's going to go up to 17 to 18 to $19 million per year for, for these linebackers or any position um, because the contracts, the, 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 the salary cap is rising. It goes up. You know, ten million dollars. You have ten million dollars just to, to spend on players, so it's always going to happen. Um, but going into just the list of the uh, strengths, um, and then the list of weaknesses, I'll just rattle them off, and we'll get into uh, into some of the film. I might make this a two parter. I don't. I don't know. Depending on what time this this runs to, until what time I when I'm looking up, I might make it two parts. Um, but I'm not too sure. Okay, so strengths. Great instincts, plays low, motor, drives feet through tackles, tackling form, agility, lateral movement, hard hitter, uh, reads runs, or runs blocking schemes well, uh, smart zone offender, works to reroute, can peel off line scrimmage effectively, can play man versus running backs, tight ends, uh, click and close ability, doesn't panic in coverage like many linebackers do after play action, gets hands on in coverage, takes good angles, doesn't get stuck in the traffic, fluid hips that can flip, uh, that can flip quickly. Uh, stop start ability, sideline to sideline speed, balance, weight distribution while, while shuffling or pedaling, re, uh, reduces bodies from taking on offensive linemen to give smaller punch area, doesn't get overwhelmed with multiple routes entering, leaving his zone, flexibility, gives effective head fix stabs to throw off blockers, attacks offensive linemen, always getting hands on first and, and inside, smooth, uses length well, power, carries matches routes properly to third level, um, takes on blocks with good leverage, leader and communicator, avoids, uh, keeps feet clean versus cut blocks uh, and traffic, quick hands, weaknesses, um, I marked down, pass rush moves, needs to be more aggressive with hands and attacking offensive linemen while pass rushing, different in the run game. Uh, conservative, at time, conservative at times in run game, not a bulky linebacker, so can be moved, usually uh, done when hit from side. Uh, not a great or effective blitzer times in the zone where he looks back at quarterback too soon or for too long. Uh, if linemen get hands on him cleanly, he, uh, hard for him to disengage, which is rare. You don't really see that a lot. Um, too willing to attack full man instead of half man. Frustrating lack of hand fighting counters and pass rush. Doesn't have elite speed. I'm saying elite speed or power. Um, so those are the weaknesses that I, that I, that I pulled up and the strengths. Um, now we can get into um some of the film in just a second here all right first play i'm gonna try to do that thing where i like pause it and then uh bring up the play first or have it at least set up first um you guys can see the screen all right so he is obviously standing up right here he ends up being on the back side even though he is like the he's the mike linebacker here um the bills run a one back power um, usually with, with the power run, you have, you know, a fullback or an H back, they cut across, they're going to kick out the E-mall and then the, um, you know, that, that guard who's pulling is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to lead the way for that running back, but without that guy kicking out, uh, it's the one back power, even though this tight end is kind of acting like that, but because of where he's coming from, we're going to call it one back power. Um, and the, the good thing about Moza, obviously he, he sees the run. You can see him reacting to the run as soon as that, that guard starts pulling. So that's good. Um, the reaction, the thing I really like about this, I think that's Vlad Dukas, right? It's the left guard number 62 on the bills. Um, who obviously the Jets drafted in what, second, third round, who was a major bust. Um, the thing that's really good about this play is just the smarts that Mosley has in terms of getting low 
re- he reduces that shoulder and he dives past for the tackle. Where if he was to just run straight, try to just run straight up into this into this uh, the running back, Ducasse didn't get there and, and probably block him out of the player or, or at least hold him enough so um, the running back can get past. But the fact that he plants, reduces that shoulder, dives through, um, really really nice play um, from Mosley uh, right there. And then the next one we're gonna go into is. Uh, I think this is this is I, I marked this as a weak side. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I would call it a weak a weak side mid zone, um, mid zone outside zone, and uh, Mosley's the mic here as well. This is like the ability, like I said, to keep clean that that lateral um, agility here. He sees that this uh, that the right guard is getting up to the second level to try to block him on this zone run. Um, because there is no threat as a zero or as a one. If there was a one, he would he'd move on to this, and then he would probably take over that block in the center and move up to Mosley. Um, it all depends on positioning in the zone runs. There's not like it's not like man where okay, you block this guy. Um, so how they were um, lined up in in that front. Um, yes, that's basically what happened with the right card. So the right card gets the second level. Mosley uses that lateral agility. Keeps gets his hand on him, pushes him down to the ground. Even though he's going to the ground pretty fast, but he got he has his hands out just as a precaution. Uh, uses that lateral agility and then uh, bursts towards uh, Ivory to to uh, to make that sack or to get not that sack, sorry, the uh, the tackle for for minimal gain uh, right there. All right, next play. Um, let's see. I think this is one of uh, this is I, I remember this one being a good one of uh, of the hustle that he has and some of the ability to to get off tackles. Yeah, this is. And this is pretty much like his one of his like go-to moves right here, where you see that he and I just talked about this on the Play Like a Jet podcast. So if you were if you listen to that and now you're watching this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is I just mentioned this, where Mosley sees again the right guard come up to the second level. Um, he keeps his eyes in the backfield, so that's why he sees the running back cut back. This is when he decides to do this. So he has his hands, elbows, and tight to the chest. He, he attacks and leans into the offensive line. And a lot of guys are like passive um, with this, even if, especially if they're using athleticism. He uses athleticism, but he's smart about it. So he attacks him first, not letting the offensive lineman get his hands on his chest to keep his chest clean. Um, he shoots first. As he's shooting, he takes his feet off the ground and then he plants laterally. So you see that, you see the hit, the, the absorbing of the contact, because even if the offensive lineman is not getting his hands on him first, just that momentum of him running towards him with just the chest is still creating momentum. So to absorb that, like I said, Mosley gets hands inside, jumps laterally to absorb that, um, and then and then sheds the block right here, uh, and then chases the the running back who's ivory down. So you see, like how if I play this play in, in full, uh, the full play, you see how like effort, the smarts here, keeping the eyes in the backfield. Um, and then obviously you tackle the the hustle right there. Uh, the next play I'm going to bring up is one of the um, the route the routes I talk about, and and people talk about oh he's bad in coverage. This is one of those plays where you see his his coverage ability. So the uh, so they're running a cover. It's a cover three look. Yeah, it's cover three. Um, it's actually cover three cloud. Yeah, it's cover three cloud because you have that safety. You have that you have that corner dropping, um, and and two safeties where they're showing they're showing cover two or cover forward here, and then you have the safeties rotate over a little bit, um, and the corner become another uh, defender right here as a cloud defender, uh, you know, curl the flat right here. So this is cover three cloud, and Moses right here in the middle. He sees this drag coming. Who is the number one? Um, 
on that side as you know before the ball is snapped. You see him see that the that that is coming, but he understands that when you're working the middle of the field, nine times out of ten you're gonna have intermediate and deep, intermediate and deep. Mosley recognizes that he sees the drag coming. He knows he has a a hook to seam, hook to curl right here. He points this drag route out to him um, because if he was to jump down on this, you're gonna see what's gonna happen in a second where you have that dig right there. So if, like most linebackers right here, they're going to see this, they're going to jump down. Uh, he's going to pass off. They're both going to get screwed up. They're going to be taking the same guy, and then boom, there's a dig right behind him. There's nobody here to defend it. If, if, he's, not, if he's down on this, um, he didn't carry it, obviously. Um, and then it's a catch for, you know, 15 yards. But does pro football lo- focus look at this? Oh, well, he, he allowed a completion right here. No, he dropped back, pointed it out, and took the dig because he knows how, how offenses work. And instead of a 15-yard gain, or, yeah, I, I would say a 15-yard gain, they allow a 5-, 6-yard gain, maybe 7 yards instead of 15. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's a, that's a good coverage play from, um, you know, Mosley for sure. And that's why I look at his, his coverage and his tape. I hear people talk about him giving or uh, getting bad coverage grades and is he bad in coverage. This is stuff that I, I, see, I see that I don't think pro football focus looks at it like that. So um, I disagree on that sentiment, but I'm going to show up plenty more coming up. Next one, we're just going to see a good uh, example of uh, one change of direction a little bit, tackle, um, ability to keep yourself clean on, on this play. Um, oh, sorry. I, I actually looked at it. I didn't even see the pulling guard. I, actually, I think I actually labeled this as one back power. Uh, I mean, uh, almost a draw. I, was, I just watched it like a second. Uh, it, is, it is one back power. And the reason that that uh, – was that the right guard goes attack goes to attack Mosley like this is because he's just trying to 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 keep him outside because um, he thinks the running back's gonna be here, but instead he cuts back. The running back cuts back because uh, ninety six and ninety seven play it pretty well right there, so he has to cut back. Um, he also sees that uh, Suggs you know crashes down a line of scrimmage and now there's an open area there. Uh, so Mosley does a good job. You know he gets both hands on again inside. You know tighter elbows. Um, uses that extension. He always he always gets two hands on, or even a hand on, but he always he always one he dro- he drops his hips a, a, just a little bit here. You're gonna see a lot more examples where he drops his hips really really dramatically, but keeps his hands on, drops his hips, uses lateral athleticism. Um, the good thing about this tackle is it doesn't look like a great tackle when you first watch it, but when you see that that Mosley plants because the running back looks like he's gonna cut inside, he plants, and as he's diving for him. This is like that good like flexibility. It, it this is something you have to. I, I think you'd have to watch a lot of film to notice this type of tackle. Um, at least in my opinion, maybe you guys can notice it here uh, because I'm pointing it out. But the fact that he's diving inside and then the running back cuts outside, pretty good cut, uh, pretty good fake right here, and he's able to 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 then kind of adjust his angle from inside to outside just a little bit, get his arms around, wrap around, and and hold on for the tackle right there. I think that's a pre- that's a pretty good tackle. Um, pretty good play from Mosley. The next one, we're going to talk about another snap and coverage, which, you know, bad linebacker, uh, you know, having this many reps uh, playing well in coverage is odd. I don't I, – maybe he just got lucky a lot. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if, it, if this trend continues uh, throughout this review. Um, so here you – again, it's, it's one of those it's, – it's another one of those deals where he has really, really good awareness. So um, if Mosley didn't – and this is a – it's cover two. Um, so you have, you have cover two. You have a lot, a lot of linebackers right here trying to carry that seam, and this is exactly what's attacking. You have that um, called a corner route 
Uh, you can almost call it a flag, but I would call it more of a corner route, which is going to try to carry him up the seam. If he jumps on this too quick, then that's open. Um, and if he carries that too long, then boom, you have a, you have a drag that's open um, for a uh, you know for a um, you know a gain for a potential uh, you know big gain yards after catch, whatever it may be. And a lot of people said, oh well, you know, I wish he worked to reroute this this tight end more. On which rerouting, you're just, you're just basically breaking up their stem. You're making it a harder route to run in really simpleton terms. Uh, um, but my thing is with this, and I think this is a, the correct play for Moza to, to pass it off like he did, um, because you know you already know he carried him, you know, far enough to to, and he know and, and one he sees that Ben is throw, starting his throwing motion, so he knows he's throwing shorter. And this is this is when he passes him off when he's throwing a little bit short, when he's looking down low and he's going to pass shorter. And my thing is, if Mosley tried to reroute him more here, he's going to take on more contact and have to take more contact to give that contact. Giving that contact, he would he would be either backpedaling more or be farther um, down the field, not able to jump on this on this uh, on the short in route. Um, so if he carries this more, he's he's going to be here. And then the drag comes here; it's open, and then he uh, he he can run for after yards after catch. But because he barely rerouted him and jumped down low, he plays the upfield shoulder, which I talked about. Like I said on the on the thing I just said with Scott, plays the upfield shoulder, which is good. Um, gets his arm around and then plays through the ball, and uh, it ends up being a, I think an incompletion uh, on a, on a t- yeah, it's a tip ball right here um, from whoever that uh, what looks like a a four tech right there. Um, he tips the ball, but I really like this. This there's a rep from from Mosley to not carry that seam and to see that Ben is going underneath in that short end, uh, plays that upfield shoulder. Um, really, really good uh, rep from him there for sure. For like I said, a guy who's bad in coverage apparently. All right, two more plays coming up. Um, yeah, I'm most likely gonna make this two shows. I think I'm gonna go for like 20 plays maybe, and then do a shorter show next week of like 30, 30 ish type plays. Um, or not next week. I'm gonna do a show probably. What today is. I don't know what today is. Uh, Tuesday? Yeah, today is Tuesday. I'll probably do a show on Thursday, shorter show. Um, and then, like, you know, Saturday or Sunday, I'll probably have a show on Jameson Crowder. So we're going to start pumping out, like, two, three shows um, a week for at least, you know, at least a little bit. Um, this is the this is the place where I see, like, the people question his, his athleticism and how flexible he is. And, oh, you know, he's a David Harris-type linebacker, uh, which I do not agree with. You see another zone run from the Steelers. Um, it's an inside zone from Gunn. And this is where I see the, the, that bend in flexibility. So uh, you see, obviously, that, that right tackle. Um, yeah, it's the right tackle who, who comes off that block from 98, uh, comes around. Mosley, again, lateral athleticism, because if he just tries to attack a too aggressive an angle upfield, if, if he tries to cut that short instead of going outside than inside, if he just tries to go more aggressive here, he can, he can get pushed out of the play. But Mosley uses that lateral athleticism. Plants hard. That's that stop, stop, uh, stop, start ability that I talked about, and the ability to well, it's not this is not stop, start. This is just stop ability. Um, stops, bends. Look how low he gets. This is this is a play in athleticism that you see right here. That a play that David Harris can make. Look how look at look, look at bend. Um, that stop ability. Uh, the the flex the flexibility and, and a lower body to to get in on this tackle. He makes this tackle. Um, and him with uh, 98 right here. Um, so really, really good tackle. The flexibility, the stop start uh, that I showed here. This is another play. It doesn't look like anything great. Um, I'm going to show. This is just his awareness. This is when you talk about like an instinctive linebacker. He's in man coverage on Connor. Uh, Connor checks and releases um, through the line of scrimmage. And 
there's linebackers in the league who would not notice this 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 drag route. And I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily call it a pick because it didn't look like it was necessarily supposed to be a pick. He actually altered the the drag uh, that receiver actually altered his route a little bit. Um, now maybe it was after that as a deterrent, not necessarily a pick because a pick you don't want to make contact with them or run directly at them. Um, where he alters this a little bit. Um, but the good thing about Mosley here is his, his eyes are on the running back and where he's going. And then you see his eyes check what's coming there. So it's not, he, he, he's not blindsided by this. Now, if he takes a different angle, maybe they make contact. Boom, you have James Conner right there who's going to be wide open and maybe it could be a big gain, five, ten yards. But no, what happens? Mosley checks where he's going. He sees the, the, uh, the, the receiver coming near him. He gives him a little like a sidestep. He alters his, his angle a little bit but then he still has the agility to get out on it. And I'm not sure if Ben – the ball was not tipped here. I guess he just darts it because he sees Mosley. Now, like I said, if Mosley was to take a bad angle, hit that, that, uh, that the receiver, um, then it's a completely different play. But just having that awareness to check where he's going and to see that crossing route uh, just shows you, again, it's something little, but it, it's smarts from Mosley that I'm going to demonstrate a lot for the next 40, 44 plays, so. I'm going to show some effort on this next play um, that you'd like to see from a guy you're going to give $17 million, you know, really ever. And this is kind of, this is, this is a, this is a cross dog blitz. We're seeing the two linebackers cross into the a gaps, cross dog blitz. Um, now with this blitz, uh, this, this is like some of the things I talk about where I don't like what he's doing. Um, I would like to see him have more awareness of who he's rushing right here. If he defeats this one arm right here, you have the right guard, I think it's the Castro, who's not looking at him. Now, if he was to, if he knew he was cross dogging, or he obviously knew he was cross dogging, if he was, he, he needs to throw a rip here uh, where, you know, he, he can rip through um, with his right arm through the, uh, the uh, center's right arm, uh, clear his hips, and then, like I said, rip through it. I need to see a chop. I need to see a rip or a swipe. I need to see something here. So this is like some of the problems we talk about with his with the blitzing ability that I like. To, I like to see more have more active, aggressive hands and pass rushing. Um, but I like the effort here. He doesn't get he doesn't get the the ball or he doesn't get to the uh, to the to the quarterback. Turns around uh, as the ball is being thrown and he runs down. Um, you know the person on the drag, which it would have been a tackle anyway. Which I think. Uh, maybe it was a face mess. Maybe it wasn't. No, I think grab them by the shoulder pad. So that's fine. Um, but it's really all about the the effort here because if that if that uh, linebacker wasn't there, I think it'd be Terrell Suggs. You know, maybe maybe he does continue up the field and, and break Mosley's tackle. But Mosley attempted to get back to it. Maybe he would have made he would have made an ankle tackle or a leg tackle. Um, but I, I I just like the effort here. I think that's something important to show along with the uh, with the kind of a lack of ability in pass rush that I've talked about. I think that's one of his biggest weaknesses is his ineffectiveness on the blitz. But with with uh, Greg Williams' defense, it's going to be a little bit more effective because there's a lot of gap exchange and stunts and things like that that he'll be able to run more instead of power and pass rush moves. It's going to be more free lanes and athleticism. Um, this, is, this is one of the ones where I talk about way too willing to take on the full man. Uh, I do not like this play as he's on a blitz. One, he sees the, the 74, you know, uh, jump to the middle and all he's throwing is an arm out there, but you see what I'm saying? Attack the full man. He's taking on his chest right here where if Mosley was a better rusher, what is he going to do right here? Easy. You chop that down. That's all you got to do. Cross chop it. Boom. Your right arm and throw a rip through, or you don't, you don't, you probably don't have to throw a rip through. You could, you could swipe it with the left arm and, and rip through. You could just swipe. You could just cross chop. You could just rip. That's just one arm you have to work through. But Mosley, 
gets two hands on, attacks the full man, and then doesn't get to him. Where that's that's that should be easy to get by right there. Chop, boom, you're through. Uh, and then you're probably there almost for a sack or a big hit on the quarterback. Um, so the, like I said, the, the pass rushing is definitely, definitely not a strength of his in terms of the aggressiveness, the ability, the, the willingness to attack a full man, but that's his biggest weakness. It is, it is what it is. Um, uh, next, this next one, they're running a, uh, counter OF. I'm gonna call it a counter OF, um, ability to keep, to keep himself clean. One, he's, you don't see him like he's not reacting to this. Like you see, you see a bunch of down blocks and hear a lot of linebackers. Oh, and then go back over. Uh, Moses is pretty instinctive. He he stays home. He knows it's coming. He sees the counter coming uh, because of how uh, you know one. You see the puller from the the left guard, and you see them uh, you know make that counter motion on with the running back. Even though every counter motion is not a counter, you could have a power that has that motion with the running back. It's it's all dependent on who's kicking out and who's pulling. Um, Really, so if you look at it the proper way, every every single time he does that, it's not a counter. Uh, but this it actually is a counter OF uh, ability to keep himself clean again. You you see you see number eighty two who's trying trying to go work to to uh, C J Mosley. He gives him that little kind of head fake inside with a plant, lessens his body, lowers his shoulder, takes on that block, uh, it, uh, keeps clean from it, and shows that athleticism. That's athleticism to chase that down to do all that. Could David Harris do this? Maybe he makes a tackle in a different way, but David Harris is not doing this in his prime. So David Harris 2.0 thing is, is just stupid. Um, but ability to read the run right there, the athleticism to chase down the running back, keep himself clean, lateral agility, lessening the body to, to, to lessen the hit. Um, again, a, a really, really good uh, rep from, from Moser right there, you know, demonstrating some of the things uh, that I just talked about. All right, rolling on. Let's see. Uh, this play is a... To lead, I'm gonna call it a lead belly zone. Um, they're running out of a uh, two tight end I formation. It's actually twin twin tight end. Not that's actually not twin tight end. It's just a two two tight end. There's a name for it. I forget what it is. Right? I'm blanking out. Um, but it's a it's a lead belly zone lead because they're taking on the the uh, that play side strong or the, the strong side linebacker or the play side linebacker. Now now if this if this fullback was to work to the mic, which is Mosley, um, I would call it, I would call it a, a mic zone or Mike belly zone. Um, but because he's working to that other linebacker, I'm going to call it the, the lead zone. Cause the lead, this is, this is a, that's a lead zone. This is a, uh, Mike zone. Uh, if he was to work to him, uh, and they were, the rest of the offense was to leave him unblocked. That'd be, that'd be a, uh, a boss zone. If he's worked at him, it'd be like a, a wham zone. There's a bunch of different names for all those zones and who the fullback's working to. But yeah, as you can see, um, they the the offensive line was not going to work to this. They 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 distinguish this guy. So in a, in, a, in a zone, a belly zone. The belly zone is because he's working to this to this inside a gap. This would be uh, this would be a, a inside zone. This would be a mid zone. The, like to, to the tight end would be more of an uh, outside zone, and then really, really wide would be a, would be a wide zone where belly zone is the front side a gap, and a uh, no, sorry, that's a tight zone, not 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 a belly zone. Actually, it's actually a tight zone that a gap. Now, if it was a belly zone, he'd be working more to the back side where he can cut, you know, backside a, backside b, a, where this is more to the a with with available cuts. Uh, obviously you you bang through that a gap the b gap or the backside a gap it's a little bit of a difference but i'm gonna call this a uh a tight a tight lead zone and now if it was a if he was working the inside 
and he was this 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 fullback was still work to the mic could be a, a mic inside zone a mic a, a, a mic in a mic inside zone mic mid zone there's a bunch of different things but like I said a mic tight zone or sorry a lead tight zone I'm confused myself now um, and this is where you see some of the most like strength and he's not he's not like a he's not like a plodding linebacker where he's like a really strong stout guy. But he is at at the same time. He's just not very. He's not like Avery Williams or Avery Williamson just going to blow up offensive linemen. Um, but you see, you see Mosley keep his eyes in the backfield. You see him again get get good extension, 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 good hand placement, um, and he just makes the play. He sees where the running back is going. He sees what he's trying to do. He, he gets off the block and is right there for for the tackle. Um, really, really good play from from uh, you know from uh, CJ Mills right there. I almost called him Avery Williamson. Uh, next play is a little bit of a hustle um, that I saw from Eric queued up already. It's had to pull it up um, on, the, on the actual screen. Yeah, this is, this is again, hustle. So so he's sugaring the A-gap. He's literally right. He's like pressing the A-gap. Call it, I call it sugaring. Um, this is where you see some of the weakness of him where he's not a really stout linebacker. He's going to be able to fight through this up the field where, I, like I said, if they get their hands on him, he's going to be able to be moved. See, he's moved there. Um, but you see the, the athlete, you see this one, the, it's just pure effort. So he's not just going to just give up on the play. A lot of linebackers are here. Uh, okay. I'm out of the play crap, or I'll run back in if I see it, but you see Mosley give effort to spin. As soon as he spins, his eyes flash back to where the, the running back or where he thinks the running back is finds that running back. Um, and he sees him cutting to the, to the outside. And this is just a, uh, this is just a draw. And spins out of it, sees a lot. He, the, the running back is working to where he just was, um, gives effort. Again, what does he do? He keeps himself clean. Uh, you see, like this, like it's almost like a double swipe. I wish I had a different angle. This maybe like up high, but it looks like a double swipe to keep himself clean with that athleticism laterally. Um, plants, shows some of that bend again, makes a tackle. Now, if I play this in full, in full speed, you see like how much effort. I understand this is not just one play. Okay, could, could people do this for one play? Yeah, but throughout an NFL game, to give this much effort consistently, um, it's something that he does. So this is a play you, you definitely love to see, um, this type of effort, uh, the ability to get off blocks, everything that Mosley has. But I also showed, um, you know, one of the weaknesses that he has in, in his game, you know, as well with the with he's not he's strong enough, but he's not like a beast of a linebacker. He's not like Ray Lewis or Brian Urlacher, but he's also he's also more athletic than those guys. Um, you know, in, in my opinion. So uh see here. Oh yeah, so he doesn't really get on in on this tackle. I remember this is just another play that I that I put up um to show some of that bend and athleticism. Uh, I would call this looks like it's gonna be an called an inside zone. You call it inside zone and this number 64 is he's a little bit he's a little bit confused at this gap exchange right here where he looks like he's gonna play the b gap he plays the a gap that's that's just like a mini gap exchange where it looks like moses is gonna pay, play the a he's gonna play the b it's a gap exchange uh, i didn't even watch the rest of the play but this is probably what it is uh where he's gonna switch from the b to the a and he's gonna switch from looking like the a to the b that's a gap exchange um so moses is going to play that play that uh that B gap along with uh, actually number whoever that is on the edge right there. But again, this is more flexibility. So 64 screws up right there. He doesn't have to play that so hard. It's just that's a bad play by him really um, as well. But Mosley, again, you see that, that this is when he's like a lot better with his hands in the running game, which is also confusing about the passing game. He's just not as aggressive, but this chop, he chops through it to keep himself 
to keep himself clean. If he doesn't do this, maybe maybe the the right the uh, the right guard gets his hand on Moser right here, and then is able to to get some power behind that hand and then push him out of the play because he, he chops through right here. You see that bend. This is bend right there. That's that's flexibility and that's bend. That's one. This is like people talk about like the ankle flexion and flexibility. You see his you see his ankle bending right there. Um, his right ankle. That's that's the ankle flexibility. That's the bend right here. The stop start to be able to be able to plant and and work through that and keep your balance. It's balance flexibility, ankle flexion, lower leg flexibility, uh, all into one play with with the uh, with the with the cross chop to keep himself clean. You can see like, the the, the sixty four goes flying here because he does that cross chop. So when he's when he's reach when he's reaching out his arm to try to get to Mosley, a lot of his balance is in that hand and and kind of dependent on that hand landing because he chops it. He's just completely off balance. So. Uh, good play showing all those things I obviously uh, just talked about right there. I think I just recorded two plays and talked about two plays without even recording it. Jeez. Uh, okay. Well, I'll record them again. Um, so the Titans run a uh, weak side um, called a mid zone outside zone. I'm not going to go crazy over exactly what it is in the running back's track, but I would say it's uh, called a mid zone, whatever. It's fun. Um, and Mosley looks like he has, you know, a really clean lane to the running back right here. And that's the angle he's taking to the running back in Derrick Henry. But he sees that right guard peel off of that block, you know, at the last second. And then go to, to block Mosley, where if Mosley, with his strength and power, was to just work right through this, maybe the the that uh, the running back would be able to cut through the, uh, I think it's the B gap that this is. Yeah, it's the B gap. Um, and then he, he, you know, he blocks him. He cuts through the B gap 25 gets picked up. And then he has a, you know, one-on-one with the safety, maybe for, for a pretty big gain, but because Mosley knows his strength and, he, and he's a you know, the quick mental, uh, processing where he sees that last second what he does that little, like almost like Olay move that I, I'm going to talk about a lot, gets his hands on jumps, um, uses lateral quickness and like that little, uh, you know, jump cut to get away from the, uh, the, the right guard. And also another thing that's really, really nice about this play is, you know, as he gets off this block, he pushes off of that right guard to propel himself to get to the, to the running back. You see that push off right there, that very right there. That's, that is smart. Like if you watch this in full speed, how quickly he processes that, that right guard is coming to block him, gets his hands inside, jump, uh, jump cuts, uses his, um, the right guard's body to push off, to make that tackle dives and, and makes a tackle. Awesome play. Now a linebacker like Avery Williamson, who's more powerful. And this is why you don't see as many tackles for a loss with him. Maybe Avery Williamson just blows this up, just works right through that right guard and tackles him. Um, and he beats the, beats the right guard just with sure, with uh, pure power. Uh, Mosley is not necessarily as powerful. He still is powerful. But he's not powerful like Avery Williamson type. Um, so he uses his uh, athleticism uh, and makes a tackle. So maybe you're not going to see as many tackles for loss, but it's kind of it's it's kind of because of the player, um, you know that he is. The next play that I already talked about uh, is coming up right here against the Saints. Uh, another single single back set uh, with two tight ends. I can't see the rest of the formation, so I can't tell you exactly what the what the uh, formation is. Um, but you're gonna have a we'll call this a. I would say this is more of um, it's like not like mid zone. Uh, you you can call it maybe outside zone. Um, there's like very little difference between outside zone and mid zone. It's it's a little bit wider of of a of a track. So, um, but if you really do want to get really really technical, you can watch like multiple times and you can try to really figure out where he's working to. But we call it a mid zone for now. 
Um, and you see Mosley keeping his eyes in the backfield, eyes in the backfield, eyes in the backfield. He sees at both times with his vision, he sees the running back cut back, and he also sees the, um, the center peeling off his buck to get to the second level. And Mosley, again, stop the stop the stop ability the stop stopping ability i shouldn't say stop ability kind of sounds weird um gets his hands on keeps himself clean and tackles the, the, the running back and this is another this is an example of of the power that he does have though too so you see him tracking obviously tracking 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 stop and makes a tackle the one thing that's really really impressive about this as well is you see as the running back cuts back and he's cutting up the running back's building up some momentum here. He sees Mosley, and he has much more momentum going into this going into this exchange between them. Mosley is 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 at a stop. He stops it here. The impressive thing is he dr- he drops his shoulder right here, and maybe not really his hips too much, but he drops his shoulder. But what he does is he lets himself absorb that contact. You see how he how he kind of like almost like throws his butt out right there. That's to absorb that contact to plant into the ground. Um, you know, because he's preparing for it and. I say dropping it, power. That is power to, to come to a stop and a running back has uh, momentum building up and throws a shoulder. He does not move him at all. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a, a half an inch backwards. Mosley wraps up, drives his feet, drives his feet, drives his feet, drives his feet. Boom, end of the play right there. There's a, there's a lot of running backs in the, or, or, uh, linebackers in the league right there who get trucked or just do not make that play. So, again, really, really nice play. Uh, we'll do, do four more plays of uh, of Mosley for today. We're going to do 20 plays today um, and then 30, 32 the, the next episode, like I said before. I don't know if I was even recording myself when I said that. Um, but, yeah, this is, again, I just showed power. This is, uh, this is uh, again, um, more power from here. As you see, the, the, the right guard makes his way up to the second level. What does Mosley do again? You could see him gets his hands in tight on on the chest. The as an offensive lineman, you want control of the chest, um, which a lot of offensive linemen in the league now they just they suck. They come in so wide. You seem like hugging him right there. It's not going to do much, but you're assuming a linebacker you can move him. Um, but Mosley, he he's shedding. He sheds him to the you know to get to Mosley's left. Um, this is yeah, that's this is impressive, man. Uh, you really watch this. Um, Takes on that block, kind of again, like pumps his butt out right there. Kind of a weird term, but to absorb that contact, gets a wide base, um, sheds him. He does that. He, he does a little bit of exchange and then sheds him with with a pull and with a lateral movement. Um, but Mosley sees that uh, Kamara is cutting, you know, up the field instead of outside. What does Mosley do? That is look one look how low he is. His his leg right here is almost parallel uh with the ground, that, that right leg right there. And he widens his stance to really to really absorb the contact he knows he's gonna take. And now if he was to take a shorter stride right here, he gets stood up and pushed over because he plants so hard into the ground. Um leg strength, lower body strength, flexibility works through the tackle or, or the, the block of the guard right there. I think it was was it a guard? Sorry, the right tackle right here um, works through the block. Kamara is cutting into his gap. He's taking on the right tackle and Kamara at the same time, um, and 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 tackles him. He has a little bit of assistance from uh, Weddle right here with grabbing his ankle. But the power in in this tackle to take on those two guys and this part right there, that's that's impressive. Um, they say he's not Avery Williamson type power because Avery Williamson is a, definitely a strong dude. But that's that's uh, that's definitely good. 
um, you know, power, enough power, uh, functional power to, to be able to play linebacker in the NFL. He's definitely a strong dude, um, you know, as well. And again, we're going to see a uh, – I'm going to call this inside zone. You want to call this inside zone. You have the ace block right here with the uh, the the combo on the uh, what what is the at the line. He is the three tech. You have ace combo block working back to the to the uh, to the linebacker. Obviously being Mosley, he's he's the Mike right here, and you see, it's 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 just rinse and repeat. You see it again. Hands inside extension um, keeps him off himself. You see the, the, the power to, to work through it, the ability to stop and cut quickly, and he makes a tackle. Um, I know like a lot of the people, like they think the show is like laggy. When I'm doing this, it's because that's, that's me moving it. Like I'm, you know, I could do this all day. So if, I, if I'm not like in one smooth motion, it might look a little bit laggy. If I play it you know, full speed, it's not, I don't think it really looks laggy on YouTube. Um, but nice play from, from uh, Moser right there to, uh, to make that tackle as well. All right, I think I did it two times in a row where I, where I talked for like five, ten minutes and then I didn't even record it. This is brutal. Maybe I, maybe I have to stop pausing it. Um, I don't want to like miss all the points I talked about on this, on this last one, but you have a, uh, a fake jet sweep motion or a fake jet sweep right here with uh, Kamara. You see Mosley stay true to that side a little bit just because if he did hand it off, he does have to still be in his position to potentially make a play. Um, sees that it ends up being a, cra- ends up being a crack toss right here. The really, really impressive thing right here that's like the awareness and instincts is this. You see this swipe from from Mosley, or I call it almost more of a more of a wipe than a swipe. They're a little bit different. Um, how you use your terminology, I'm gonna call it more of a more of a wipe, but even though it wouldn't be creating a lot of power or that or number sixty not creating a lot of power, if this arm was to connect with his chest, does that potentially slow down Mosley enough where to he where to to where he does not make the play? Uh, potentially. So Mosley just with his peripheral vision and knowing what's going on and being really instinctive, he knows it's coming, places his arm right there, swipes it away. Now, a lot, a lot of linebackers at this point are going to try to play this more conservatively because they don't have the speed that he does, which if, you still, if you're still watching after this play and you don't think that he has good athleticism after this review so far, I'm still – they do 32 plays next time I come on. Um, but if, you, if you're seeing this type of stuff, you still think he's a slow or bad coverage or coverage linebacker. I don't, I don't get what you're watching. Um, but a lot of linebackers cut up here and try and try to take a more conservative angle. Mostly trust his 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 angles. He trusts how fast he is, the sideline to sideline. He chases them down. If I pull this in full speed, he's a he's a fast linebacker. This is an athletic, fast freaking linebacker to get to the outsider here to meet uh, uh to meet Ingram. This is this is not a slow linebacker. He's definitely a, a plus athlete with the sideline to sideline ability and chasing people down. That's that's definitely an, uh, an awesome play. The last play. That I already talked about to myself <laughs> um, is is the same type of thing that we've we've been seeing um, with this run mid zone the the uh, right guard makes his way up to Mosley or Mosley flows to the he flows down he flows to the play side same thing what does he do he plants he in, instead of instead of being more passive letting the the number sixty seven get his hands on Mosley Mosley leans into it shoots his elbows tight great. Um, which you generate more power with tight elbows, good hand placement on the chest. Um, and what does he do? 
lateral ability. He jumps laterally, but when he, when he initiates that contact, when he leans into that contact, he, he's always either light on his feet or taking his feet off the ground. Because if, if let's say he plants harder here. Okay. Let's just, let's pause it. Think about it. Like, like uh, just with body mechanics, if he plants harder here and doesn't jump, that's just power versus power right there. But because he uses that, that lot, the lateral uh, movement, Plus, with keeping his feet off the ground, what does he do? He absorbs that contact where if he shoots right here, plants, then he has to work through a lot of power. But because he takes his feet off the ground to absorb that contact, that's why he's able to, to, to keep clean um, right here. So really, really good hand placement, keeping the feet off the ground, uh, lateral ability. And what does he do? Keeps his two hands on, two hands on, two hands on, two hands on. As the running back is getting closer, which is Ingram, he plants hard. He drops his hips, drops his body, his, his upper body as well. He keeps that one arm on that lineman. Now, if now if he didn't do this, if he just engage, disengaged right here, what might happen? You have potentially the offensive lineman able to close that ground between himself and Mosley and block him out of the play or whatever it may be. But because Mosley's smart, he gets that handoff to make that tackle, and he keeps that one arm stab in to the the lineman to keep him keep his body clear right right in the middle of his chest. That's great hand placement, uh, power with that one arm, drop of the hips, drop of the the upper body, leans into it, and uh, and makes a tackle. That's a that's a great play. Played in full full speed again. That's just that that is really really good right there um, with everything I just explained. So um, that is it for the show this week though. Um, I'll be back in two days. Like I said, I was saying before, I'll be. Um, I'll most likely be recording this show, the next show, on Thursday. So you're going to get two shows right in a row. I just don't want to do another 32 plays because um, it already is 6 o'clock at night, so I don't want to do it too, too late. Um, but I'll be back. I'll have Twitter mailbag soon. Like I said, watch out for the mailbag. You can always tweet me. And just even if it, you don't get the actual tweet where I say, you know, hit me up for mailbags or whatever, you can just tweet me and, and hashtag mailbag or indicate that it's mailbag. You can email me, blueitjoetoj at gmail for literally pretty much anything. Uh, comment on YouTube. And uh, if you could, like I said, Reviews are great. Five-star rating and review are fantastic. But there was two people last week who just went to the podcast app, left five stars, and that was it. It takes literally five seconds to, to type in TOJ Foam and five-star. That's it. Um, if you leave a review, that's fantastic. If not, five stars would be greatly appreciated. Uh, helps me out a lot. And uh, I'll be back in two days to talk more Mosley. And then probably on you know Saturday or Sunday, I'll either do a mailbag or Crowder. And then the next day or two after that, I'll do, I'll do uh, whichever one I don't do. So Crowder's coming right after this. Um, I'm gonna, I might start posting actually tonight a little bit, but I appreciate everybody for listening. I appreciate all the interactions, the follows, everything you guys have been uh, fantastic. And I'm looking forward to uh, breaking down Crowder, then Pool and Assembly and all these draft prospects, looking at the guys who the Jets draft, do some top 25 shows, some more fun not not fun shows, but more like hot takey type shows, which are fun sometimes to do. Um, but that is it for the show, and I'll I'll talk to you guys in uh in two days. So thanks for listening.